Hey guys, it's me, Tiffany, and welcome back to Tiffany Tune Up, um, a podcast in which I skipped a week, and you guys definitely were on me about it. Thank you to my avid listeners who <laughs> definitely stay on me about being consistent with recording. Um, so I really don't really have much of an excuse to offer you all I'm not going to offer you up any BS last week was just you know time got away from me (laughs) I worked a lot had a very busy schedule and so I'm actually doing something out of the norm right now because I do miss you guys and love you guys so much and painting the scene for you I normally record uh, from quiet place from home and currently I am not at home. I am in between work and auntie duties, in which I pick up my sweet baby, baby niece and nephew, a great niece and great nephew. I'm too young uh, to have a great anything. But yet and still, here we are, saints. I um, I do have a great niece and a great nephew and they attend the same school. And it is normally my duty uh, to pick them up. In the afternoons, even when I work crazy days, I pick them up during my lunch break. So if you can believe that or not, um, I do. I love them. It's really good to see their sweet little faces, um, you know, during a long day. So I don't mind it. Those are my honey buns. Anywho. Oh, it is Monday. Um, Trying to get a jump start for you guys. So I'm currently... Uh, sitting in front of one of my favorite uh, pie cookie shops. They're really known for their pie, but they have different offerings, and it's called Sister Pie, and it's in the Lower East End of Detroit, which is um, Kerchival and Parker. That is literally sits on the corner of Kerchival and Parker. And the cool thing I like about it was the cool and a sad thing about Sister Pie is. Whatever their offerings are for the day, they're not like a a regular or normal shop where you kind of go. If they run out, they replace it. Like they have a set amount for the day, a set amount of pies, a set amount of cookies, a set amount of whatever they're going to sell for the day. They, you know, sometimes they'll do soup or chili or scones or whatever it is they do. And then once it's gone, that's it. And their their website will even tell you um, we're open at such, such and such time until sell out. So you know that just means you better get your butt there so luckily normally when I come there's still a few decent pie offerings left and it's really really close to my baby school so I um try to you know go there and read or like I'll wait when I get off because if I go home them babies will be with CPS um nobody will be getting them because I'll fall asleep and we don't want that so um (laughs) that's where I am and that's kind of what I'm doing and um weather's not so bad today Detroit it's okay it's a little brisk but there's no snow no sleet no rain we had a crazy ass windstorm yesterday and that was just my god like as Jesse Wu the comedian the Instagram comedian says secure your perique which is secure your wig like secure ladies your perique she is Haitian she is hilarious y'all if y'all don't follow Jesse Wu Oh, God, she is just really, really funny, and she really just brings joy to my day. Um, but, yeah, if your perique was not secure, baby, it's probably somewhere on I-94 um, making a grand entrance or exit, um, maybe attached to somebody's car antenna. Um, my condolences if you lost uh, any hair follicle, wig, uh, partial. 
eyelash anything of that nature i definitely um my heart goes out to you and i hope that uh you're reunited with your frontal or a new one soon um i know y'all ladies don't play about y'all wigs so again my condolences to you and your family if you need to talk if you're feeling emotional um email us tiffany tuneup at gmail.com that's tiffany tuneup at gmail.com i'm here for you i you know i care about your hair and things and lashes so <laughs> hit me up if you need to do that um so a few things on my heart today um my mind and um some things i really just really didn't want to bring up or really didn't want to touch but they just keep sometimes the podcast topics don't I don't choose them they choose me and one of the topics that I have been trying to avoid a couple of them actually one of them being Jesse Smollett and the whole foolery going on there about you know this whole if you've been under a rock you've had to have been if you haven't heard about it um just about I guess the the story is he kind of faked getting attacked by uh some MAGA Americans, um, the white male wearing Make America Great Again hats. Um, and then the, supposedly the whole thing was fake and it was just a lot. And um, I am going to refrain from really speaking on this until we know all the details. Um, but one thing I will say, just a quick blurb about it. I just saw something on Facebook today about um, how first they said it it was you know everybody was in an uproar then it was fake and all of a sudden in the past day or so it wasn't so much fake and here's my thing I would not be shocked and I saw this floating around a few times I would not be shocked if Lee Daniels just creator of Empire um in which Jesse Smollett uh is a part of or was a part of as they have um removed him from the last two episodes is what's being reported um i wouldn't be surprised if lee daniels had anything to do with this foolery i don't know why he would need to go the great lengths or depths to um i don't know shake i don't know if he's trying to shake up his career i don't know what's going on but lee daniels has been known to have a, a couple of shady dealings or shady um stances when it comes to thing and when it, things and when it comes to business uh for example you know i think dame dash uh loaned him some money and he's been on him money for quite some time now and lee daniels has not made an effort to pay this man back um and it's so much so that dame dash had to run up on him at a concert like he ran up on him at a diana ross concert nonetheless and i'm going to willing to bet that he knew he was there and he went because I really don't see Dame Dash really actively going to a Diana Ross concert for any other reason than that. <laughs> so not saying he might not listen to it because obviously he probably grew up on Motown or whatever, um, you know, but I, I definitely think he was there to run up on that man. Um, so I just feel like I, I still need more details. I feel like it's so many holes in the story. I don't even want to comment on that too much but i won't say i told you so if lee daniels has anything to do with this moving forward um the oscars uh happened last night and um you know i can't even sit here in front like i've seen all the shows or all the movies or all the whatevers but what i will say is regina king 
what a gem what a queen what a beautiful beautiful woman and just to see her go from 227 from you know playing martin's ex love interest in thin line between love and hate and just some roles that could have been what people might consider stereotypical or um typecasting roles where she could have stayed stuck she went on to do great things her voiceovers for the boondocks i didn't even like the boondocks but just the fact that she was doing voiceovers for the boondocks i just thought it was amazing and um what a queen she won oscar and she looked lovely in her white gown and then there was uh Spike Lee, who finally won an Oscar. I'm not going to pretend like I saw this movie, The Black Klansman. I did not. Um, But there are so many other Spike Lee joints to me that were so much more deserving. Um, But again, I can't comment, I guess, because I haven't seen Black Klansman. But I have seen many, many of Spike Lee's movies. And I just feel like there are so many of them um, that could have received um Oscars but when it's your time it's your time I suppose and then obviously or also Black Panther took home a lot of awards for costume design and uh, set design and I from what I was told what I believe I read is the same um let me get the information right because I don't want to give you guys fake news um the same person who did the costume design for Black Panther also did it for many of our iconic uh, black movies from back in the day. Let me see. Uh, I saved this information for you guys because I love you so dearly. Um, yeah, so the, the same designer, Ruth Carter is her name, uh, from Black Panther, she also did Baby Boy, uh, Jungle Fever. She did Do the Right Thing, BAPS. The Five Heartbeats and Malcolm X. So I feel like her time has been, girl, congrats uh, to you, Ruth, because you did your thing in Black Panther. Like those costumes, I don't know what the budget was. And it really doesn't matter because they were amazing and it was a well-deserved win. So Ruth Carter, shout out to you, girl. Um, All that magic. And yes, it is consistent of black girl. So Um, so here's another thing. Um, back to one of the subjects that I didn't want to touch, which was, um, which was R. Kelly. And I have not mentioned it for so many reasons, but I almost feel like now my hands are tied. And again, like I said, sometimes topics pick me because I can speak on certain things because I've been through uh, some things, kind of the benefits of being in your 30s. You kind of seen some things, been some things I have been through some things i have gray gray hairs to prove some of those things so um um one thing i did this weekend um was forcibly because y'all kept posting it and i felt obligated to watch it was abducted in plain sight that is on netflix and um i'm sure the majority of y'all have seen it if you have not spoiler alert so if you haven't you might want to pause the podcast and then watch it and then pick back up at this point so abductive plain sight is about a family i again don't think their color is relevant but it is a caucasian family um and 
they it was a family of daughters it was a um, you know a mom dad a married couple and then they had i want to say three or four daughters it was a it was a gang of girls a gang of daughters and um long story short they befriended this man who lived in the, the neighborhood he was a part of the community everybody knew him they went to the same church they were neighbors i don't know if they were next door neighbors but they were neighbors nonetheless they got very close with this man this man got very close to them and then he fixated himself on a specific daughter um, that he just had taken to and began to do things like offer to take her places alone and offer to, you know, go out of town or, oh, I'm going on a trip. Can I take this specific daughter? Like, and I know what y'all thinking, like red flag, red flag, red flag. It gets so deep. So. I don't even want to give an entire account of it because y'all just got to watch it to believe it. But let me let me say it was a mess from the start of the freaking documentary. And the man was so cunning. The man was so charming. The man was such a and I use this word many, many times before. Unfortunately, to describe, I, I would say one relationship that I remember vividly. I was very young. I was a 21 and I was dating an older guy uh, after, you know, we broke up and years, years after it took me a long time to like shake this man. And it took me a long time to kind of move on from him. And even though I had kind of dated in between and met other people and, you know, it wasn't like I had cut off my life, but somehow, some way I would always gravitate back toward this man. And, um, until finally I woke up, which, you know, wasn't really that long ago, I would say it's been about five years now thank god for deliverance um but yeah it i would call him a master manipulator and i would i'd never really heard many people say that i've heard the word manipulation or manipulator but master manipulator have not heard um from many people so they use that term in the documentary and i was like yes like it's a thing like and i think it's so funny how people assume how strong they would be or how much they would deny or fight a situation or what they would do if they were in a certain situation. But you really cannot say until you are in it as strong willed as I thought I was as strong willed as some of us think we are. You cannot say what you would or would not do until you are in a, a, a situation. And so, you know, recently Oh, help us father I um ran into one of my exes in a not so favorable situation for him and I just shout out to the universe though shout out to God for like always you know how they say he may not come when you want him but he'll be right on time and although I do I never wish for anyone's demise anybody that I feel like has personally ever done me wrong or ever you know done something that I felt like was unjust to me and I never sought revenge for them which is I'd say the majority of everybody that's ever did me wrong in general, whether that be in friendships, relationships, whatever. The universe has always had a way of letting me see them in a light that shows me that they are indeed paying for what they've done or they're indeed reaping what they sow or karma is definitely at their doorstep. So that's why I don't really get very book about getting vengeance or, you know, seeking personal revenge on people because literally every time I let I leave it alone and just let 
God and the universe handle it. It comes back to me literally right in my face. I don't have to make a call. I don't have to sneak. I don't have to snoop. Like literally it comes to my face and I'm able to see it. And I'm like, wow, thank you universe. Cause I knew I wasn't crazy, but ran into an ex and, um, you know, we weren't able to really communicate with each other, but I guess that prompted him or triggered him to get my number. Um, and he asked his sister because me and his sister kind of still are not in contact, but we follow each other on social media. And so she was like, well, I'm not giving you her number. And I was like, thank you, girl. Um, but unfortunately, my phone number has been the same since I was 19. And I always said that I would maybe change it if I got engaged or marry with jokes on me. None of that has happened yet. So <laughs> still have the same phone number since I was 19. So I think I'm going to break that rule. And maybe if by, you know, in the next couple of years, if I'm not engaged or, you know, married, I'm definitely going to change my number just because. So all y'all who's been comfortable with memorizing my number, get over it because I'm tired of people being able to figure out my number blast from the past or not so much um, and calling me. So he figured out my number. Um, I know his sister didn't give it to him. I know he figured it out because he knows pretty much I'm a creature of habit anyway so we get to talking you know he gets to telling me all the things I already knew how trash he was when we were together and you know blah 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 and you know I'm one of those people I've already forgiven you I've already moved on so if you feel the need to get this off your chest sure why not um let him talk and then somehow some way we got on the subject of R. Kelly and it was so sad because Oh, man, I almost feel like I need to talk to every man that I feel like is close to me. So I know how to deal with y'all, even though he's not close to me. I'm just saying in general, because more than not, the conversation that I have seen from men and unfortunately black men in concerning this whole R. Kelly debacle. None of them believe these women. They don't understand why they're just now saying something. They, you know, they feel like he's being set up. And this, to me, is a classic case of people not being able to separate the man from the art. And at the end of the day, who he was as an artist is not who he is as a person. Even my mom used to tell me that all the time, like, what I do is not necessarily who I am. And that if that ain't true, I don't know what is. Like, my current job is definitely not a career it's a job <laughs> um it's sustainable it, it takes care of me but it's not who I am and so I might be one person at work I t- you know I could be just this person every everybody could hate me at work but outside of work people could love me friends and family like literally who I am at my job or who my persona in in my workplace is not who I am as a person and so I think people really really have a hard time understanding that and digesting that and so as we were talking when when we were dating I was 20 so this was right before I met the master manipulator and we'll get into that in a minute but when we met um I was 20 he was just a couple years older than me maybe like 22 23 and at that time I hadn't you know dated a lot I hadn't been with many people I just went came home from college and um you know I had decided I wasn't going back um and I would just go to school at home and so um meeting him I was kind of fresh you know I don't know if I want to say fresh off the boat or whatever (laughs) but um 
when we met, he didn't have any children. I didn't have any children. I still don't have any children, but he has two children and he has two daughters. Um, so to hear him talk the way he did about the whole R. Kelly thing and basically saying, I mean, how did these girls, I mean, the same ignorant stuff that y'all keep seeing on Facebook is basically like his whole take. And it took just everything in me to not hang up in his face because it just, I was kind of stuck listening to him. Like he was really serious about his stance or his feelings on the situation. And it's basically like every other opinion or ignorant opinion or fixated opinion about women and especially black women and abuse which we go it goes unlooked it goes you know um overlooked and 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 it goes ignored and so um me trying to be a good person or me trying to be as a woman explain to him how women could be abused and how things could happen and you never know and of course he tried to combat with that with Oh, my daughters know. They know. First of all, he has young daughters. They're not teenagers. They're not even in middle school. I don't even, I think maybe they might be in elementary school, but they may not be there yet. They're pretty young. So, um, I think let's just, let's just start here. Parents, I'm not a parent, but parents, because I can speak for myself and I've, I've had a few situations in which there are things that I experienced that I never told my parents, still have not told my parents. Something that I just told my best friend in the world, my little sister literally just told her um, when we were on my way to NOLA, when she was uh, taking me to the airport and something I never shared with her. Um, And so were my parents loving? Yes. Were they attentive? I had at least one parent in the home that I felt like always had my back, always was attentive, always was there. I never felt neglected, never felt like I couldn't talk to them. And I still went through things that I didn't feel like I should tell them or didn't feel safe telling them or didn't feel like I could. And so listening to his ignorance, oh, my daughters know, you know, if they go through something, they're going to tell daddy. That's an assumption. You're assuming. You can make it as comfortable as you want and you can be, I hope that he is the type of dad that is like, look, if anybody touches you in this way or anybody does this or anybody, like I hope he's prepared for those things and those conversations Um, and he is, you know, having those conversations if they're old enough to talk and old enough to go places and things. It unfortunately is the time. As soon as they're able to tell you what is going on, that is the time to start having those conversations about you know, if somebody touches you inappropriately or says anything to you, you let mommy or daddy know, you know, and that's you kind of got to groom your kids that way because people out here are sick. Um, people out here have fetishes for children. It is just a fact of life. And so it's something that you really can't avoid. But you can do your best as a parent, auntie, uncle, whoever, um, grandparent in that person's life to show up and let them know that they are not alone and if they ever experience something like that that they have a safe place to go um and so it was just kind of disheartening listening to him because basically his final say was you know I just don't believe any of this and I've kind of tried to explain to him like the reason a lot of women don't come out is because of men like you who are <laughs> who basically make it difficult for you to say anything because you get this environment of nobody believes you or you know you don't think anybody's going to believe you or you know you did something wrong or you know 
one of his questions was why, you know, say something now or why, you know, did they wait so long? And I, you couldn't, it's, it's hard to explain to somebody who already has their mind made up that sometimes people feel stronger in numbers. So once all these women started coming out, because you did have a few people who tried to come out and they, their career got stunted, like Sparkle, um, the young lady who used to be up under R. Kelly's tutelage. Um, and she, when she realized something wasn't right, something was wrong, and she began to say something, she basically got railroaded. And have we seen her again? Have we worked with her? Anybody? Have we heard her name in the industry? No. And so here comes these young girls um, and yeah, of course, we're getting the whole, oh, their parents, their parents should have, listen, man, here, here it comes, and this is where the R. Kelly thing ties in with the um, abduct, abducted in plain sight thing. When you are dealing with a person who is a masterful, masterful manipulator, this is a person, these are people who have been doing this long time, a long time time the majority of their adult life or even you know what I'm saying um, learning or learn as a kid how to manipulate or be a manipulator unfortunately a lot of these people who have who are in the roles of being a master manipulator from what I'm finding out have been abused or sexually abused uh, manipulated in some way in their youth um, and so then they turn you know they don't get the help they need um, in R. Kelly's case, I do remember a uh, part in the story where he did try to tell his somebody or his brother and they were like, oh, that didn't happen. And he was like, you're right. You know what I'm saying? And then that was the end of that because he was made to feel like mm, you can't say that or oh, don't ever tell anybody else that. And so that's what he went with. And this goes on and on and on. And this happens all the time. So here's R. Kelly. You know, and, and the same guy, I forgot his last name because both of the families, their last names both started with B's in the in the abducted in, plain, abducted in plain sight. But the guy who was doing the manipulating, they literally call him B or, you know, Mr. B. And so Mr. B, charismatic, like I said, was a pillar in the community. Everybody loved him. He started going over having dinner with the families, um, you know, and he had a wife too and he had children as well um so like i said he fixated himself on the one daughter um and then he started coming around more and then he started to execute a plan a master manipulator that's the first thing they're going to do they're going to execute a plan and they're going to follow through and when you one thing a, a manipulator is good at is finding weak links, okay? That's what they do. That is how they get to you. So whether that be low self-esteem, whether that be they see a crack in your marriage, whether that be whatever it be, you don't have a tight rein on your kids or you're not close or they, you know, see maybe one of your kids has a, a more bubbly personality or a little more feisty than the other. They kind of know where to strike or how to strike and they, they get in your head they and then they use the things that you share with them or the vulnerability that you might have been with them um the level of things that you might have shared with them and they will take them and use you use them against you i don't see where this probably was not the case with r kelly i'm sure he was telling these parents look um I want your daughter, you know, your daughter wants to be famous. So I have this camp and this is what we do. And oh, don't worry, because we have them mothers and him mothers and people who watch over the girls and they'll always be safe. And, you know, we need to groom them because they're not going to be because this was not unheard of in the music industry. Like people have been doing these camps and these, you know, 
um, isolated situations. I know I was just watching a documentary with Tweet, um, the singer Tweet, and they used to have these camps with Missy and Devante from Jodeci. He was a freaking musical genius, but they would have these... Um, rent out these rooms or have these apartments and like these people would literally spend the night sleep eat there they might leave for a day or two come back and they would go through these intensive trainings and be gone for weeks and days and months and you know what i'm saying this is not this is not something that's unheard of in the music industry so they were trying to create sounds and songs and groups and trying to see who works well with who so this is not unheard of so you get somebody like r kelly with a huge name who FYI can't even post bond um, and it's only a hundred thousand dollars I think it's bond is set at a million but um, to get out it's a hundred thousand and he don't have that so you've been making all this music all these years sir boy fuck you like <laughs> fuck you sir like what have you been doing with your money what what have you been doing and, and, and furthermore to add to this y'all in the, in the, in the sidebar um because I can see this is one of them episodes where we're not even going to make it to uh, Tiffany's two cents <laughs> because I just got too much to say um, about manipulation and people that manipulate. And for those of you who don't understand how things could go to the level that they go before a person says anything or if a person even says anything, I'm trying to, you know, maybe hopefully share some light and get y'all to understand how people get manipulated. And then after they do, why it takes them so long or if they ever say anything um, to say things because of people and their ignorance and because of people who say stuff like, well, what took you so long? Or why didn't you say that? Like, that's really not the time to be, um, throwing stones that's really the time to be kind of assisting them and helping them and maybe hope hopefully being a safe space for them and and maybe helping them get the the assistance that they need to move forward whatever that may be but anyway apparently some of r kelly's lady fans are (laughs) offering to post his bill girl fuck y'all too if you're listening to this and you are hoping to help him in any way uh, Mr. Kelly, get out of jail or you are trying to start a GoFundMe um, because that's your favorite singer. Trash. That's that's Those are my words. Anybody who is trying to support this man, come on now. Come on now. And it, it, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss. But this is a real thing. This is really happening. So bless y'all hearts because y'all, y'all are misguided and uh, confused. Uh, so... So to abducted in plain sight. So this man, um, Mr. B, he gets close to the mom. He gets close to the dad. He gets close to all these people. Then not only does he get get close to them, he starts having relationships, not only with the mom, but with the dad. So this man was so conniving, so cunning, so charming. He saw things in each of these parents that maybe other people didn't see maybe they were doing really good at hiding but he saw things in each of these parents which the mom you know he he ran up on her he would say things to her you know it started with hey because the mom was a housewife I guess hey why don't you come you know can you bring me lunch I can't get away from the office and first of all that was 
probably not what she should have been doing. I'm sure not. While her husband was at work. Um, and then that turned into, oh, I think you're beautiful. I think this, you know. And a lot, a lot, a lot, they wound up sleeping together. I know that didn't take much for y'all to figure out because I'm going to skip all the details. The dad then um, started hanging out with the guy. And apparently the dad was either bisexual or homosexual and was hiding from his wife or whatever the case may be because him and the and the guy Mr. B had sexual um exchanges with one another and all of this because he really wanted the daughter he didn't want either of them but to get what he wanted you see what I'm saying like you see where I'm going with this like to get what he wanted he was willing to stop at nothing to get to that particular daughter. Um, even so much so to where before all this started going down, when he would visit their house and he would kind of go over and all those things, um, he had asked the one daughter, because I guess they shared a room in the, in the basement, him and the, her and her sister, and he was like, wouldn't you like to have your own room? You know, wouldn't you like to be over here by yourself? And, you know, she was like, yeah, you know, I would like to have my own room. And the fucking parents, let this man come in their home and build a wall between the the daughter and the uh, other daughter, like the sisters, and build a wall between them. Like, yes, I, I could go on and on and on about it, but y'all got to watch it for yourself. But there was so much drama in the, in this thing, and, and, and a lot of it was, like, at the, toward the end of it, the, the daughter who had been, you know, abducted and... Obviously, well, what happened, what wound up happening was she she made it back home eventually, okay? She made it back home and for good. And um, when she made it back home, after a certain amount of time, when she realized everything was going to be okay, that is when she felt comfortable telling her story. And at this point, she was 16. Well, why did it take her so long? Because this abuse had been going on since she was a young, young girl. Why did it take her so long to say something? Because this man had orchestrated a whole story for her. This man had orchestrated a whole story in which he told her because he knew he knew what he knew what strings to play. That's what manipulators do, y'all. He knew what strings to play to get her to be scared out of her mind. So he constructed this whole story about how him and her were supposed to be together um that she was part alien and he was the male whatever and they had to be together and you know when she gets a certain or before she gets a certain age they have to have a child together and I mean he really 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 drilled this in this girl's head he was drugging her giving her sleeping pills and then when she was coherent he was you know planting things in her subconscious to make her feel like she really had to do this and if you can imagine him being able to manipulate the parents like that and the things that he had done to even get that close to the daughter imagine what he could do with a kid if it, if you can manipulate adults and you can sit here all day and say oh you couldn't do that to me okay maybe not you if you've never been in a, a situation or a relationship or Anywhere where you feel like you've never been manipulated, going back to my ex that is going to remain an ex and stay exactly where he at. Um, he was so passionate about how he didn't understand how these girls felt. It's the same way how you felt for your baby mama who you swear ain't shit and you got two kids later down the line and a possible. It's the same way you felt for her and all of a sudden she ain't nothing because what? She manipulated you. She made you feel like she was something that she was not or 
she was showing you all along and you ignored the red flag so either way i'm gonna go with you got manipulated because per him <laughs> per him well i didn't know I, you know of course because i'm gonna be petty and ask oh i'm sorry it didn't work out i'm really not because i really don't care but you know what happened why did it take you two children and a possible to realize she wasn't the one or you know what basically like what happened and he was just like man she you know i just thought she was this and i thought she was okay bottom line you got manipulated so it's it's easy for people it's there is a way for even the 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 most woke person or the person who think you can never do this to me or you can never to be manipulated and that's just the bottom line so nobody is um above it but you just kind of got to be aware and know and unfortunately most times the only time you are aware of being manipulated is because you've already been through it or when somebody is trying to pull the okie doke on you you've had to experience something first to know that that's what's going on so when you're fresh when you're young um like i said the relationship i was in uh when I was 21 with the master manipulator, he was a little older than me, about nine years, 10 years older than me. And so it was really easy to manipulate fresh off the box girl. Like I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? A girl who was kind of out here, you know, doing the most. I really was for the most part naive. Did I have parents that loved me? Sure. So it wasn't one of those where y'all like to throw that out. Oh, you got daddy issues. You got mommy issues. No, no, my parents were there. I came from a two-parent household. They loved me. I felt loved. You know what I'm saying? I, like I said, I had at least one parent that I felt like always had my best interest, always listened to me, um, you know, always was... I didn't feel neglected or ignored, but even in the case of the um, the family um, from Abducted in Plain Sight, there was something that that wife was missing in the marriage because in that documentary one thing she kept repeating when she was finally seduced or manipulated or whatever into being with mr b she just kept repeating even in the documentary even year this is years later um it was an exciting time for me i didn't know you know i had let myself get carried away i got swept away it was an exciting time for me um she said that multiple times and i i went through a gamut of emotions watching that to be honest I just thought to myself, like, how selfish, how selfish are you and your husband? Because then the husband also had a relationship at, you know, at some point with the guy and he cut it off or whatever. But um, because both of them were missing something in their marriage, different things, and they were both getting it from this man, from this guy. This is what they selfishly wanted unfortunately at the expense of their child because he had got under their skin so well and so good and they selfishly wanted whatever it was that was coming from this man whatever he was feeding them that they weren't feeding each other and so they were going along with everything and that kind of happens when somebody who is amazing at picking on your weaknesses or pulling on your your weaknesses and making you feel things that maybe you never felt or things you like to feel um ways that you've never felt before and you don't want to lose that feeling or you don't want to lose that whatever attention um if it was strictly physical or whatever whatever it was they weren't willing to give that up until you know it took them a while like y'all gotta watch it it took it took them a while to really really let that man go and be like okay this man is a danger to our daughter and it's unfortunate because at some point it seems like the daughter has forgiven her parents i'm getting ready to drive y'all y'all gonna hear all types of beeps and booms but <laughs> um 
at some point it seems like she's forgiven her mom she's forgiven her dad um but that's something they'll never forget but she the daughter uh, her name was Jan she was able to go on and kind of help other women and women who had been abused and you know how to kind of point the signs out um what to look for in your children if their behavior starts changing and you know things like that and so she was able to go on and tell her story but even up until uh the guy he wound up uh committing suicide because he was finally after years and years and years and years getting ready to go to jail because he knew at this point okay i've been caught there's nothing i can do i'm caught <laughs> and instead of him going to jail like the coward he is he decided i'm just going to kill myself because i know that i'm about to go to jail like basically that was his way of dealing with it like okay i'm about to be done done so i'm just going to go ahead and take myself out because i don't want to be accountable uh for my actions and that's usually what a uh you know, a master mani manipulator will do it. And when they are caught, um, of course, everybody doesn't go to the extreme of, <laughs> okay, let me take myself out of here. Um, but apparently he was one of those people that did. And then uh, the relationship I was in uh, with the, the nine-year-old, the guy that was nine years older than me, um, there were times where I would question his fidelity. There were times where I questioned things. And because he was so good at making me believe the opposite, or even when I had hardcore proof of things, it would be like, oh no, what do you mean? I love you. What do you, what do, what do you mean? You crazy. You're gonna let somebody come between us. And being that young, and, and again, some of us, we really think we are older than what we really are mentally, you know, at that age. Um, even when there were times where I, I didn't, I didn't back down from what I believed or what I saw or what I knew, but I had b become so attached to him and he had really made me, um, who y'all really making me be vulnerable today. Um, <laughs> he had really made me believe that really life was much, much better with him than without him. And so that is kind of what happened in this story. And, um, even with R. Kelly, I, I would beg, uh, I would, venture to say um people who are good at taking advantage of people um they're also good at making you feel like your life cannot go on without them that your life will never be as great um as it can be without them and we know that that's not true now um but it took you know i'll speak for me it took for me to go through some things with him and then finally over the years being like mm, no life gotta be better without you because this is trash um I don't like the way I feel you know I don't my heart I don't I don't you know this cannot be love like if this is love I don't want no parts um but that was through trial and error and I have plenty of people around me that love me and plenty of people who were just like look this who you want to be with you love this man it is what it is as long as he ain't putting his hands on you, which thankfully we weren't in a, a physically abusive relationship or anything like that. But I would definitely say um, it's always emotional abuse when you are um, feeling, I don't want to say obligated, but I'll say when someone who knows they're toxic and when you even kind of know it yourself can convince you otherwise and and find reasons and you find reasons to stay around then it definitely could be classified as a mentally you know emotionally abusive relationship because you're really not benefiting from it 
in the ways that this person has convinced you that you are. So, um, I think people underestimate other people's ability to get what they want at any cost. <laughs> there are some people who just really are good at it. And this, the man that I was dating, he was very charming. Like, very charming. And when I say that, that doesn't necessarily mean he was the best looking person in the world, the tallest, the the f- most fit, or whatever. But he was charming in a way that he really could, was really, really good at getting you to kind of agree with him or give him what he felt like he wanted and you do fall successful to those things especially when you're young um and so I can imagine all the things that that little girl was going through and uh luckily she's still here to tell the story and you know she's older now obviously she's wrote a book and things of that nature but you know I just I'm hoping this episode reaches you know anybody who may not understand um, why it's so hard for people, you know, who have been abused or who have been through some things to really uh, forthright come out and say it because there's been so many instances where people don't believe them or choose not to believe them or, you know, one thing uh, um, somebody who is manipulative is really good at is making it feel like it's your fault. They will tell you it's your fault, even when you know it's not your fault. Um, they will they convince you in so many ways that it is. You didn't do this, or if you would have did that, or if you were smaller, or if you would have lost weight, um, you know, if you would have listened to them that one day on December 29th at 11 o'clock when you were falling asleep on the phone. Like, they will come up with anything and any reason to make you at fault. And so... Um, it just kind of blew my mind to watch that and then, you know, set off a couple triggers because I can remember, you know, going through some things and it wasn't anything to that extreme. Thank the Lord, um, you know, being abducted, but definitely some things that have happened before in my past that situations where people are good or were good at, you know, manipulating the mind, uh, to get what it is they want uh, out of the situation, whatever that may be. So, you know, don't be so quick to say what you could or would or what you should or what your kid's going to do. And, you know, if something like that were to happen to them, the the truth is you don't know. You don't know. And when you have somebody um, like in the the abducted in plain sight, this man basically literally told this little girl, like, if you tell anybody, I will kill your family. I will kill your sister. Like, your sister will go blind. Like, and they, and she, no matter how far he had got her away from the family, she was, like, in love with her family, in love with her sisters. Um, even when she was kind of going through it, like, at the end of the day, those were her first loves. And so when you have somebody telling you at a, such a young age, if you don't do what I say, your family will suffer, of course they're not going to say nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because the first thing they're thinking to themselves is if I say something, something's going to happen and everything is going to be my fault. So all that being said, y'all, um, I would love to hear y'all comments. Anybody who, you know, has kind of been in a, in a relationship where you just felt, you know, you were dealing with a master manipulator or had been manipulated. Um, 
you know my heart goes out to you i'm hoping that you've healed from that you're healing from that you're helping others if you can through that and if not y'all know how i feel about therapy go 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 and also go um that's all for me today y'all i am about to pick up my baby love so um peace and blessings to y'all if you have any questions comments and concerns you know what to do uh hit me at tiffany tuneup at uh, gmail.com it's t-i-f-f-a-n-y-t-u-n-e-u-p at gmail.com also um on instagram i have an instagram for the uh, podcast now y'all <laughs> it's uh tiffany tuneup on instagram so go ahead and follow me there and um i love y'all thank y'all for letting me be me it's been real per usual and I'll talk to y'all soon.